Welcome to Beyond Dollars and Cents. My name is Holland Henderson, financial advisor with Allen & Company, and this is the Risk and Reward Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest and friend, and friend, uh, Cami Levitt. How's it going today? Hey there, doing good. How are you? Doing really well, doing really well. Um, so tell us who you are and what you do. Yes, my name is Cami Levitt, and I am the owner and designer of Camel and Beth. Camel and Beth is a women's wear clothing line that we specialize in um, mostly special occasion wear. Okay. So um, looking, because we're obviously we're on radio, so nobody can really see, you know, what, what the, what uh, Camel and Beth looks like. Explain the style. What, what kind of style do you think? Yeah. So our style is very classic. When that's something that in the beginning, when I started my business, I didn't realize how important that would be, but now, um, I've had my business now for 11 years, and being classic is just, it's, it's really nice. It's giving us a nice pace of production, a nice pace of turnover. Um, we're able to kind of uh, sell styles for a longer period of time because they aren't going out of style. They're not super trendy. Um, and also, with our quality, we um, design everything in Sarasota, Florida, and we manufacture in New York, so with that wonderful New York uh, quality and craftsmanship, we um, are able to sell things for a longer period of time because the quality it lasts. Uh, the garments are really well constructed. So we're just really leaning into that classic style. So do you think with that classic style, it's able to span generations, you know, Absolutely. of women, you know, so when whenever you have just different people, the mom, so if it's special occasions, right? Yeah. I'm guessing one of the major special occasions would be weddings. Yes. Right. I love, personally, I love weddings. I just think they're wonderful. I love marriage and (laughs) just, I love a good party to celebrate it too. I just, I love everything about weddings. So do you ever get invited to go to the weddings? Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, been to a couple customers weddings actually. And, um, Sometimes if I'm designing like the actual wedding gown, I love to go behind the scenes a little bit during their like photos and being able to kind of fluff the dress, making sure that each photo, everything is looking really nice and laying beautifully, even if the wind is crazy. And um, But yes, I love going to weddings, even if our customers do invite me every once in a while. I love to be able to go. How often are you doing the entire bridal party where you have all the ladies' dresses and the brides and the bride's mother. Yeah, it. Um, I feel like with those things, it's mostly um, like friends or just customers that have become friends over the years, um, people that are more close uh, to me. So that seems like a massive undertaking. It is. It's really fun though. It's fun because we're able to make the whole wedding have one cohesive look. So you know, the whole feel of the whole like bridal party is very consistent. So. The styles a lot of times will like incorporate maybe it's like a little tie that's on the back of a dress we can incorporate um, that little detail in a lot of the dresses so it all kind of has one consistent kind of flow and a lot like one cohesive look too how do you uh, do you ever tie anything in with the men no not yet no not yet. no <laughs> <laughs> yeah menswear is so tricky for me um I don't know. Maybe it's because just personally, the men in my life are very classic as well. And um, I don't know. I just love dresses and the romantic part of it and the feminine. um, I don't know. Just all the feminine characteristics that go into a dress, I do love. Is it a completely different undertaking? 
Yeah, yeah. So with menswear, it's a lot of tailoring, which I love tailoring. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I find with menswear, it's hard to go get really creative without being too much. I think guys, you know, are so tried and true. They love their classic fits. And once yeah. they find something they like, they go hard and they buy it in every color. And that's true. <laughs> wow. <So. laughs> okay, that's very true. I feel like you're speaking directly to me <laughs> on that. Yeah, but women, you know, we like to have a little more, more fun. So even with classic design, <clears throat> we still like to kind of um, kind of play around with that. So kind of trying different silhouettes that we're not comfortable with sometimes and you know, um, is there a lot more freedom in women's fashion than I men's? Think so. Yes, yes, I definitely think so. But um, back to like where the customer, what age group we have, it's funny. Um, I have one story. It was last spring in the studio. We had a group of girls come in and they were looking for prom dresses, which typically we don't do prom. Like our style is really classic, pretty conservative. So for prom, sometimes it's not as edgy as a lot of girls are wanting. But mm -hmm. this group, they were really cute girls. And, you know, we ended up, um, she ended up going with this really beautiful, like, fitted gown. We kind of tailored it a little bit more fitted than we typically do with other women. And in a bold color, too. It was, like, a nice, like, vibrant cobalt color. And, um, yeah, so she, she got that one for prom. And then later on in the day, we had a grandmother of the bride come in and actually buy the same exact dress. It just with tailoring, though. Obviously, we weren't tailoring it so fitted on her. But, um, yeah, we just styled it a little different. And That's she incredible. ended up getting the same dress. So we had an 18-year-old and a 93-year-old <laughs> buy the same exact dress in one day. So Did you tell both of them that they no, about the other? No, I wouldn't want to um, <laughs> scare them at all. But, no, it was so cool. At the end of the day, I'm like, this is amazing. I just love our range and that. You know, with classic design, these women with completely different style are able to, like, make this very classic dress their own. So, How involved are you with the actual design and tailoring and all of that? Yeah, pretty, very, I would say very, very involved. Yeah, I love it, too. I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, as, like, uh, owner and entrepreneur, we end up doing what we love to do the most. Um, and I do. I just love the design element of it. Um, but also the designing, I get so inspired by seeing it on people. So, mm -hmm. and, you know, hearing little bits of feedback from them as well, you know, just constantly seeing people trying on and saying, oh, I like this. I wish, um, this piece of the dress though, I wish that it was a little different, you know, just kind of hearing different things like that, um, just helps like some of the designs really evolve into something new. But I just I love the design part of it. Just do you get more of that? Do you get more of that feedback from the retail side or more from the event side? Um, probably more like the retail, just the person you know, um, like face to face. I think is is more where we get that. Um, online, of course, we do get reviews, um, but sometimes it's harder to know the person on the other side of the screen. You know, we're just kind of getting a review and. Sometimes we get pictures, too. I love it when, actually, people send us pictures. From, really? From different weddings and stuff. Um, that is a wonderful part of it. But, yeah, mostly, like, in person, though. Yeah. Even some of our dresses, I have been very inspired by customers that the dress ends up, um, we end up naming it after them. Really? So, it's really fun. The way um, our studio is set up in Sarasota, we are in an older building. It used to be a hotel back in 1920. It's called the Miramar Building, 
And upstairs is where we have our atelier, where we do all the sampling. What? And you're going to have to break that word down for me. <laughs> I've never even heard that word in my life. It's just a fancy word for sampling. So okay, it's where we um, do all of our first samples. So that's where all of our patterns are. And patterns are basically pieces of paper that um, are the same shape as each piece of the garment. So, um, you know, a basic pattern would have a front bodice, a back bodice, a sleeve, and a skirt. So front skirt, back skirt, and all these pieces are what we use to cut out um, the pieces on the fabric that are then sewn together to make a garment. So... We do all of that in-house, and I love to be able to sew the first garment to myself. Um, I, or me, or one of the girls at the studio, um, now we do have more help in the design area. So um, we have a really talented group of girls that, you know, it's very collaborative, and we're always, like, kind of brainstorming and coming up with um, new ways to be able to um, uh, to sew some of the dresses and... Um, very collaborative. So how b- big is your scope? So you've got online sales, you have people coming to your store in Sarasota, I mean, distribution, like how big, how far does the reach go? Yeah, right now we're really just focused on our direct-to-consumer business, the D2C okay. business. And um, in the past, before COVID, we did have a very big wholesale business as well, where we were selling to stores. Um that side of the business, though, we really stopped doing with COVID. Um, truthfully, a lot of the stores that we were selling to went out of business. Oh, man. Or just they really did not want the product that we were selling. Who wanted a special occasion, occasion dress during, you know, COVID? Well, it nobody was, was going to. Yeah. So we didn't exactly have a hot item for these stores. So we kind of just, I know everyone says pivoting, but we yeah. did. We pivoted and just kind of we decided we just needed to do it on our own and just sell to our wonderful customer, and it has been the best decision. Now we get to just tell our story directly to our customer. So were you doing rent to rent the runway and all those different places? Yeah, Newly is one of the um, is one of the retailers that we still do sell to them as well, but they're just a bigger retailer, and it doesn't involve us traveling quite as much. When we were doing wholesale markets, we were going to New York market, Atlanta market, Dallas market, multiple times a year. It was a lot of travel, um, putting out a lot of collections, too, just constantly. The the pace was much faster. Um, But now that we are just direct-to-consumer, I feel like we're at a much better place of just, um, like, just kind of just taking things at our own pace and listening much more to our customer. I think sometimes I would get a little... A little confused, even design-wise, like listening to a lot of buyers. Some buyers would say, oh, your brand is too young. Our brand is this. Oh, your brand is too old. We're this. And then others would say, you need to be more expensive. Others, <laughs> you need to be, you're too, you're too expensive. So, you know, it was just always listening to all these different voices. And sometimes when I would be designing, it was just really confusing, and I, in a way, would, like, get blocked, and I'd be like, what am I supposed to do? Is this look too old? Does this look too young? The price point, can we get it to be here? Can we, you know, it was just, it was a lot of just listening to other people that weren't necessarily caring about our brand. They more were caring about their own store, which I don't blame them. Sure. You know, we were just um, a piece mm-hmm. of their story, where now we're able to tell our own story, and it's working out so much more better, and... I think just our quality of work life is so much easier, too, 
being able to listen to our customer and just really leaning in and giving them everything that they want. That's fantastic. We're going to go ahead and take our first break and we'll be right back. And we're back with Beyond Dollars and Cents and the Risk and Reward podcast. I'm Holland. I'm here with Cammie Levitt from Camel and Beth. Um, so we were talking about how the 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 pandemic kind of changed directions. Do you do you feel like you found a little bit more of your voice and who you guys were through that whole debacle? Yes, actually. Um, yeah, during a very confusing time. Um, absolutely. Yeah, and. I'll kind of give you a little background, too, of that. Um, so let's say we'll back it up to February 2020. So before, you know, everything changed, we went to market. Um, it was New York market. We had a wonderful, wonderful market. So we weren't at these wholesale markets. We're selling the next collection. So we were showing our fall 2020 collection. But we are also selling some immediates as well. So that would be like our spring 2020 collection. So we got back from that market, and we did fantastic. We're getting all these purchase orders, which it's it just means like um, a boutique is saying, yes, these are the items that I want. If they are delivered between this date and this date, then I will receive them, and then you will get paid. So for us, though, on our side of the wholesale, we have to do all the costs and everything up front. So um, on our end, we have to work as hard as possible to get all these dresses manufactured and in the perfect quality, in the perfect amount of time for these buyers. So we got back from market, and we were just so excited. We did great. We got all these new stores that wanted to sell Camel and Beth. So we are putting all of our orders in with our manufacturer in New York. And then, of course, you know, we start hearing little bits and pieces like, oh, there's this weird virus going around, blah, blah. And, you know, there was something in my, like, internal, which for me, it's, I'm a believer. So it's, for me, I know it's the Holy Spirit, Yeah. but I had that feeling like just wait on this fabric for this next one. So I think I was in the process of buying fabric for April, which is typically one of the biggest. It's usually February, March, and April are three big months for spring. Because that's wedding time. Yeah. Wedding time plus the Derby, Mother's Day, Easter, lots of, you know, just spring dressing is really fun and exciting. And um, you know, we, we definitely capitalize on, you know, getting as many beautiful dresses out there. So we're all ramping up for that and going to town with our manufacturing. Everything's in the works. And I was so glad, though, that I didn't order that fabric. I just kept kind of procrastinating a little bit. And, you know, some of, like, someone on our team was like, you know, we really need to get this going if we're going to have this, like, April delivery. We're kind of cutting it close now. I'm like, I know. I, I think we should just wait, though, still. I don't know. I just wow. got to wait. But meanwhile, you know, things start slowing down, and I'm definitely not getting this fabric. Now, as, like, another week goes on, I'm like, no, things are getting weird. Like, we're not doing this. And um, with our manufacturer, they ended up closing down for three months. So um, they weren't even able to fulfill a lot of items. And all the boutiques that we sold to went to a complete halt. They were like, no, we don't want our spring order. And I'm like, (laughs) wonderful. I just produced, you know. Um, you know, our February and March deliveries. And so we were left with a lot of extra inventory from these boutiques that never, you know, they never. didn't, they never were able to receive their goods. So, so what happened to those dresses? So we ended up selling them eventually, you know, and just through time. And um, it's kind of a funny story too. Looking back, um, we were experiencing, I think in the beginning of this podcast, I told you that we're in an old building. Yeah. And old buildings in Florida, we have uh, something called termites. (laughs) 
that will creep up on you. And our building, we were truthfully just experiencing a bad swarm season. So, um, and then once we were working from home, we were not in the office quite as much. So we were out of the office for a couple weeks. We were actually very busy making face masks too. This was like the first phase of COVID when face masks were like, you know, everyone was wanting them. And I was like, all right, we have fabric and time right now. And I'm really confused. So (laughs) might as well just stay busy and we'll make face masks. So, you know, we had like a little at home production going on and, you know, I even got my husband to learn how to sew and (laughs) put my family to work and, you know, our whole team, we were all just like, you know, making these face masks and kind of taking it day by day, trying to figure out what is going on. So meanwhile, we're like, okay, we need to get back in the office and kind of regroup. We get in there and those termites were so awful. It was just it, because no one was in the building for such a long time. And just that with the season and everything, I, I usually try to keep my cool and I can for the most part, but I went down to my landlord and I just lost it. I think it was just a buildup of, you know, here we just lost all of our wholesale accounts. Yeah. The times are just tough and scary. Like, you know, even just for our own, like, family's health and everything, you know, you're just scared. And then to top it all off, we have termites and everything, or just all <laughs> over the place. So I just, I thought I could keep it cool, but I did not. I just lost it. And I don't even know what happened with that meeting, but I got back to the office, regained my composure, and checked some emails, and I see... Hey, Cammie, uh, there's another space downstairs in retail. If you would like to move, we can arrange for that. And I'm like, what? Retail space? In the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> like, I'm not ready for this. We don't even know this. what tomorrow is going to bring. I know. So I was like, I'll take a look at it. So went down there and really through this whole thing to just, I was just constantly praying. It was the only thing I could do. And uh, I just kept praying and saying, God, you know, just open and close doors. I don't know what to do. So... Um, once our landlord then showed us the space, I'm like, is this like an actual door opening? And I really, I just had so much peace about it. And I was like, I think we need to do this. Like, I think this could be it. And I always thought we would have retail, of course, down the road. I didn't think the timing would have been during a pandemic, (laughs) but I, um, it's definitely always been something that I've wanted to do. I just didn't know when that would be. Mm Mm-hmm. So when our landlord, you know, presented us with this opportunity to move into retail space for the same rent that we were paying non-retail space, I was like, I think we got to do this. So we were able to negotiate to a little bit longer lease and um, we have a nice, nice deal worked out with them. And so we just kind of got to work actually doing every, all the work ourselves because, again, we had time. And, you know, with money, too, we were just nervous to, like, spend anything extra and especially with the retail space that we kind of knew going into it that we probably wouldn't be selling a lot just in the beginning. But give sure. it time. Once this thing passes, hopefully, you know, it would come back. So how long did it take from the time you guys opened the retail to where it's like, OK, this is a steady flow? You know, it's funny. In the state of Florida, we just being able to be open. So many people were vacationing down here. Yeah. and there really were still a lot of, they called it mini monies going yeah. on where people... <laughs> I didn't know we had a name for it, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of these girls, they had these beautiful, big, gorgeous weddings that were planned, and um, they were unable to have them. So they were scheduling these mini monies, and they still wanted to wear a beautiful dress for it, but they sure. maybe weren't able to wear like the big, grand dress that they had originally thought um, this is also a time when our mother of the bride and groom, 
uh, business really started taking off too. I don't know what happened, but we really got in with the moms. And That's so awesome. um, even currently too, we just do a lot of mother, the bride and groom dresses. I think just that classic style is really what they want. So it's really not too long after we opened our doors that we saw like a really nice like revenue stream coming from our retail space. So it took about a month to get everything renovated. We really, we did everything ourselves. And in a way, it was kind of a nice, I don't know, just a change of scenery. And when you don't know what to do, it was better to get off the phone, actually, and just, you know, use your hands and do some painting and renovating. We're YouTubing everything. And we kind of had a lot of fun during this time, too. That's great. So I am interested. How did your husband do at sewing masks? Was he any good? (laughs) Yeah, he did really good. Good. We even did um, on YouTube. We came up with a sequence of videos of teaching people how to sew as well. Oh, that's cool. And um, we were teaching people how to sew a little girl's dress. So it was we figured this would just be easier. It was a smaller piece of uh, smaller garment. So um, we would sell little kits online. So we would ship people the cutout pieces of the dress. And then you just log on to YouTube and follow along the videos. And at the end of it, you can make your own dress. So we actually had a challenge one day. So it was uh, my husband and my sister and one of the girls, Nicole, that works with me. And um, we had a competition to see who could get the or have the best dress of these little like dresses that they were sewing from the YouTube videos and I'm very impressed they did a great job even my husband I'm like <laughs> even my this husband. is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> I uh so uh my wife who who you know was a teacher right yeah. and when we first got married she was like will you help me grade these papers oh boy right yeah and I was given points for creativity mm-hmm. not the right answer I was like this is brilliant and she was like no and so eventually I lost my job doing that <laughs> she wouldn't let me do it But anyways, Uh, let's go ahead and take our next break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Beyond Dollars and Cents. I'm Holland Henderson. This is the Risk and Reward Podcast, and I've got my friend Cammie Levitt from Camel and Beth here. Um, So how did you get into the fashion industry? How does one just end up there? You know, you just wake up one morning, and boom, you're in it. (laughs) I mean, I did watch where the the devil wears Prada. Like, Uh how much of your life looks like that? No, I, no, no, no. It's not, not like that. For me, um, I've always like had an interest in arts and um, just more of like a visual kind of learner person. Um, And it just comes natural to me and I just truly enjoy it so much. So I went to school for fashion design after high school. I went to the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. And then after that, I moved to Sweden. I was a nanny, and I also worked for a couture fashion designer. Okay. And it just was an incredible opportunity, just a great way to um, just get outside the U.S. and learn about other countries and cultures, um, learn all kinds of things. It was a wonderful year. Um, And I learned so much from the designer that I work for. I was able to assist him in so many wonderful projects, a lot of dresses that are worn to the Nobel Peace Prize, which is held in Stockholm every year. Um, A lot of the clients were royalty, which was incredible. I was even able to assist uh, the designer with Princess Victoria of Sweden's wedding gown. No way. Which was such an honor, and I had a very small part of it. He's he's the best, but um, it was an incredible opportunity. So after that, I moved back to Sarasota area, and... I was working as creative director for a brand in our area, 
And I did that for about three years. Um, at the time, I was feeling a little burnout. I was doing a lot of um, visuals. I was doing uh, merchandising, buying, managing, uh, marketing, really everything. It was a small business, so wearing a lot of different hats. Um, and yeah, kind of towards the end of it, I was, you know, just getting a little burnout. And I also really missed designing. So I was like, you know what? Um, my husband and I, we were invited to like 16 weddings in like a little over a year amount of time. It was just, it felt like almost every other weekend. It was just that stage of life where everybody's getting married. Yes, we were in that season. So, so many weddings to go to and, you know, I really missed designing. So I was like, you know what, for fun, I'm just going to make some dresses to wear to these weddings. No intention of starting a business, just, you know. Had you ever made a dress before then? Yeah, yeah. Definitely made a lot of dresses just through art school and on my own time too. I just, you know, I love sewing and I really missed it. So um, I started making dresses to wear to these weddings and I would post on these new social media platforms called Instagram and (laughs) Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter. So um, Pinterest, Instagram, they had all just started right around this time. So I just always had fun with it. And I would post pictures of what I was wearing and people started saying, hey, I like that. I like what you're wearing. And I'd say, oh, thank you. And they're like, no, really, like how much? Like I want to I buy one. And I'm like, oh, all right. So we got to figure out some things here. And just through the whole thing, my husband has always been so supportive. And, um, you know, I just kind of kept saying yes and going forward. And now it's it'll be 12 years in April that I've owned Camel and Beth. But I got my first wholesale order through Twitter. It was really? a little store in New Orleans. And, um, yeah, she reached out through Twitter that she wanted to see some line sheets. And line sheets um, on the buying side of it is like a catalog, basically, of all the looks that you can offer to the buyer. Did you have that already developed or did you? No, but I had a lot of great pictures from all these <laughs> weddings that I had gone to. And a lot of them were professional photos. And um, with my experience at the um, boutique that I was working at, I knew how to do a line sheet because I'd been looking at them you know, as a buyer side of it. And I always have loved graphics too. So I was like, I think I can whip up some. And um, so, yeah, kind of put together a line sheet for this buyer, sent it over, definitely did the whole fake it till you make it. I assured her that there was no one else in New Orleans that was carrying Camel and Buff. So I did not tell her that there (laughs) is no one anywhere carrying Camel and Beth. (laughs) I didn't want her to be nervous though because I wanted her to have confidence that, Um, You know, she really was carrying something that was special and unique, and I was just going to make it work. And so I had to figure out pattern making because, you know, boutiques, they they want different sizes of things. So, you know, figuring out how I was going to do that and just locally looking for different, um, I'd start with like alteration places. And I'd ask if they knew how to do pattern work that I needed to turn this dress into multiple sizes, if I could have help with that. And so, um, yeah, figuring out all the little pieces along the way and just really one dress at a time. And that's how our business has continued to grow, too, is just one dress at a time. That's pretty cool. So was there a, was that the moment where you and your husband kind of came together and said, okay, is this a hobby or is this real? Yeah, I don't know if we've ever had, like, that real moment. It just keeps happening. So, it just, you was know, it just it a just, natural, like, yeah, just keep moving yeah, forward. Just keep going and Boy, back in the beginning stages, too, is crazy. Um, my husband was still finishing up with his master's degree. And um, and then here I have this opportunity to sell to a boutique, which is really exciting. 
but we got to figure out how to support ourselves here. So yeah. um, we ended up moving in with his grandparents for three months, and um, he worked at a restaurant at night, like got tips, and we just kept our expenses really low, and I just used like sewing these dresses for this boutique as my job. So um, every day I'd just wake up and get to sewing, and you know I got this order out. It was 32 dresses shipped it out and then I was like I think I got to keep going I think they're going to want another collection like for holiday so let's see what else can happen and from one store then I got three stores the next season and I was like I got to figure out someone else to sew these dresses so I can't do this all on my own so you know again reaching out to different alteration places in the beginning to see if they could do sewing for me um, contracting them out and then eventually we found a small manufacturer in New Orleans that um, it was a small fabric or a small manufacturer that gave a lot of jobs to women who were out of work since Hurricane Katrina. Okay. So it was a great manufacturer. um, And we started doing little small batch runs with them. And then all of a sudden, the next season, I think we were up to six stores. Um, Then I hired my first like sales rep. So just like she was on commission and she's like, hey, I can get us into Atlanta market. Do you want to do this? So I'm like, sure, let's do it. So we went to Atlanta Market. Also, right around this time, we um, bloggers were really starting to become a new um, way to market your product. And um, for me, I was able to just gift them dresses, and they would wear them, and we would get sales. It was a really nice, easy, easy way to grow our business. Uh, now that has changed tremendously. Though bloggers, you know, it's a whole oh yeah a whole different thing now but um in the beginning stages though they really helped me you know just grow the business and I was just burning that midnight oil like trying to just sew dresses for them ship it out they'd wear it we'd get sales the thing is though with online this is my first time selling online you get returns so that was a whole (laughs) nother thing too like wait why doesn't this person want this dress I made it for them it's so beautiful like I worked really hard on it and you know I had to take that personal element of it out and, um, you know, just chalk it all up. It's a business. This is how things work online. So yeah, in the beginning stages, gosh, it was so much, so many growing pains and just every day, like, you know, just kind of putting out fires in a way and just everything seemed important. So it was just a lot of hours in those beginning stages, like an insane amount of work. (laughs) In those beginning stages, do you feel like you were looking out the horizon saying, I want to become this, or was it more just, I'm growing because I'm reacting and kind of just taking the small steps? Reactionary. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was having fun with it too. I think every time, like, you know, I'm like, Oh yes, this person's wearing it. They look so beautiful. We even, um, Uh, had a PR company that we were working with too. And so they were able to get our dresses even on some celebrities, not like anyone crazy, but um, yeah, we got like a couple um, dresses on like some smaller celebrities and it was, you know, just really, really fun and a great way to grow the business. So once we went to Atlanta market, we received, I think the number we went all the way up to, I think it was close to 60, 60 stores that, we were that we got purchase orders for so we had tremendous growth and i'm like we gotta get a different manufacturer this little new orleans manufacturer might not be able to handle this so um i found another one in la and reached out with them and they're like oh yeah cammy you keep selling we'll do all the manufacturing don't you worry oh i should have worried though because it was a lot of promises it was a lot of um 
you know, they were telling me things were going to be on time, telling me things were going to be great, but they weren't. So um, a lot of these first, um, with this first batch of orders, I wasn't even able to fulfill them because our manufacturer didn't have them on time. And the thing is, with the purchase order, there is a time stamp on these things. So if it's past, you know, Derby or past Mother's Day or Easter, who wants to dress anymore? Because then it goes into summer. So, um, you know, sometimes if if the manufacturer wasn't able to get these dresses to us on time, then the boutiques would cancel. So it was a lot of growing pains, but... We were able to make it through it and kind of regroup. We lost some stores, but actually over the next like couple years, like through going consistently to these wholesale markets, we were able to get back a lot of the stores that originally had maybe bad quality or late orders. We were able to kind of redeem ourselves. So that felt really good just to kind of grow the brand that way. And then, um, you know, we had a nice little wholesale business going. And then COVID happened and shook things totally up. And now just direct to consumer. So, yeah, it's definitely been a crazy journey and so many things going on throughout the whole, the whole journey of the business. That's interesting. All right. We'll, we're going to go ahead and take our last break and we'll be right back. And we're back with Beyond Dollars and Cents. This is the Risk and Reward podcast. And I've got Cami Levitt with me from Camel and Beth. So, all of this, this busyness of just starting out, growing, pandemic, there has to be a team behind you, I would oh, imagine, yeah. because otherwise yes. you'd just be super lonely. So, I mean, yeah. who are those people that are helping you out and kind of encouraging you through this? Oh, yeah, definitely. I have an amazing, amazing team. Um, we're small but very mighty. Um, uh, Nicole has been with me um, for the past nine years. They'll be going on 10 and from the beginning, it's kind of funny how she started working with me. Um, I, it's my sister's friend. And during one of the seasons, we were going to be going out of town, I think back to Sweden, actually, for a little bit. And so I needed someone to watch our cat and to <laughs> ship out a couple dresses. So I asked my sister, I was like, hey, your one friend, Nicole, she's in school to go to veterinary school. So would she be able to like watch my cat and ship out some dresses? And she's like, I'll talk to her. Yeah, I think so. Talked to Nicole. She was up for the job. So I was like, all right, perfect. While I'm out of town, you can cover this. And once I got back, she did a great job. Kat was so happy. <laughs> I would hope <laughs> Dresses, so. Dresses, on time, you know, everything is great. So she passed. <laughs> and, um, no, it really, we kind of started talking more. And she's like, you know, I don't know if I want to continue on with this path of, you know, I love animals, but... I don't know if I want to do this, you know, as a veterinarian. So she's like, I'm kind of into marketing. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. I need help with marketing. I kind of need help with everything. So I'll take, <laughs> I'll take that. And um, so she's like, yeah, I, I was always really good at my MySpace page. She's like, I could like really customize it. And it was really fun. So like, I think I could be into coding if I just like learned it a little bit more. I'm like, okay, yeah. So here's the website, and I um, she started working part-time, and she was still going to school then um, for marketing. She changed her major, and um, as the business grew, it grew so much more with her on the team. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, we were able to really um, move forward much more, and Nicole and I are, like, opposites. She is so organized. I am not. And she makes me more organized, though. I think I am more organized. You, you, you pulled to that side a little bit more. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, she's just really great at, like, taking all these crazy ideas and being like, okay, execute them. Like, 
let's get a plan together. We're going to do this to get to here. And, you know, she's just a wonderful person to work with and just so smart and talented. And, um, yeah, so she, in the beginning stages, worked from our house because I didn't have, we weren't able to have a studio space yet. But once we started getting into all these boutiques, we really needed more size, more space because at the time my husband and I were in a two-bedroom uh, apartment and one of the rooms was the studio. So, um, you know, it, we definitely needed to do something a little bit more, uh, professional. So that's when we ended up moving into studio space. But, um, yeah, Nicole's a huge part of Camel and Bath. She does our website design. Um, she's doing all of our photo shoots. Uh, she does our ads too. We're, um, this past year we've really, um, gotten into doing like sales funneling through, meta ads, which is like Instagram, Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. And she is heading up all of that. Um, Meanwhile, just keeping everything organized. She's, I think our title, we like to say director of operations. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. But she's so much more though. And um, then we have two other girls on the team that um, Karina, she does design work and we have Aubrey who does a lot with our shipping and social media. So, um, but we all really wear a lot of different hats. It's constantly changing. Um, you know, it's very collaborative. We're, you know, talking every day about, you know, things, just even pop culture that we're seeing and, um, you know, what we're thinking the future is going to be like, what customers have been in saying different things, feedback, you know, we're, we're talking nonstop. And then locally we have, um, three other, uh, sewers that do like independent contracting for us. And then we have one sales rep that gets our bigger orders, like with, um, like some of our like rental Mm-hmm. Um, uh, accounts. So, where, where do you see the financial or the financial? Where do you see the uh, the fashion industry going from here? And then, how how are y'all going to pivot through that, staying true to your design? Yeah, yeah. The fashion industry. I think I think a lot of people did very similar to what we did during the pandemic, where we went more direct to consumer. Um, a lot of those new direct to consumer brands coming out. You know, before the pandemic, we're definitely you know seeing. Tremendous growth, and I think with people just turning to the internet, um, it really just you know highlighted that. So um, I think kind of what we're doing is definitely the future of fashion. People, you know, they love to shop online, but they also do love a good experience. So that's what we yeah. try to um, do in our stores: just provide like a really wonderful experience for them. Where you know we're very um, intentional even about like what candle we're burn- burning in the store so it smells nice it looks nice they're um, having a cold drink of water we're in Florida so it's hot outside um, you know just making all the elements just them to feel like a really wonderful experience so I think just leaning into that and um, I would love to have more retail stores just more places for Camel and Bath to be able um, to be able to sh- be shared would be amazing. And yeah, just leaning in more with our website too. There's still just so much more out there. And a lot of people have not heard about Camel and Beth. And I would love to just keep growing the way that we are. And I'm sure more things will come along the way as they always do. But. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I think the future is bright for you guys. Thank so you. we always end the podcast with two questions. Um, the first question is, what are you currently reading or listening to right now to encourage you and feedback into you? Yeah, right now, I'm always reading the Bible. Got to read that in the morning. It just gets me through the day. And um, I've been trying to read. I'm so bad, though, about staying with a book. But <laughs> on my nightstand is a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. Okay. And it's a wonderful book. Um, I feel like I have to just 
keep my mind positive, you know, especially in the crazy times that we're in and just, you know, in business, you know, there's a lot that comes at you. So just staying positive with it and just staying focused, it really gets me through a lot of things. So the last question is, um, where are you most encouraged in your work or the world around you? Yeah, I feel, I feel most encouraged just by the people that I choose to surround myself with. Um, I can't be around people that aren't encouraging in a way. It's just, I don't know, I think life's too short. you got to be around people that are fired up about something. And, you know, I, my husband's constantly encouraging me. The team, you know, we are always trying to stay creative and energized with that. And same with my friends, family. Um, you know, there is so much negativity out there. So um, in a way... It's good to be informed about that, everything that's happening in the world, but also, you know, this is our little piece of the world right here, and let's make the most of it and the best of it, and, you know, we, that's just, you know, what, we, what I choose to do. It's great advice. So how can people reach out and explore some of the things that Camel and Beth has to offer? Yeah, definitely through our website, camelandbeth.com, and also through social media. We're always uh, posting different reels. Um, we're on Pinterest, we're on TikTok, we're on, we're on everything. So always having fun with it. Um, you know, I hope that with our social media and our website, you know, people just always feel that, you know, it's a, um, our brand, you know, we just want women to feel confident in what they're wearing. We want them to feel comfortable and we want them to feel loved. So each garment, we put so much thought and love into it. And I think when people wear it, they do feel that way. So it's fun to be able to, just serve women and especially at like some of the most special moments of their life, like at a wedding. So That's fantastic. I'm glad you get to share that. Thank you. With others. And thank you for today and being a guest as well as for the podcast or for the, the uh, blog that we wrote on you uh, last year. So again, this is Holland Henderson with Allen and company. Please go on to our website at alleninvestments.com. There's a lot of great podcasts and blogs um, from, from all of our very talented people. Uh, Until next time, have a great day. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Investment advisory services offered through Allen & Company of Florida, LLC, Allen & Co., and its affiliate LPL Financial LLC, LPL, Registered Investment Advisors. Securities offered through LPL, member FINRA, SIPC.